It's hot in here. Amen. Uh, sometimes you just don't have it. Amen. All right. Uh, Joshua chapter 3. All right, Joshua chapter 3, uh, just getting a little airflow. I don't think it'll get too cold. Uh, let us know. Joshua chapter 3, we're going to begin reading in verse 1, and we're going to read uh, responsively through verse 7. And shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? Joshua chapter 3 and verse uh, 1. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they were removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits by measure, Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant, and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And uh, if you look at the end of verse 4, this is one of those, to me, really great texts in the Bible. It says, For ye have not passed this way heretofore. Ye have not passed this way heretofore. There's a great truth for us um, and uh, has a great meaning for me, and I hope it will for you too. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the message. We yield your spirit and pray that he would lead and guide us as to what to say and how to say it, that you would open our eyes and our hearts uh, to face the reality of thy holiness and uh, sanctification and uh, the future and everyday experiences in life uh, that every day is new, it's uh, fresh, and we have not passed this way heretofore. Help us to see how this applies in the big uh, experiences of life, but also in the everyday experiences of life to give us more depth, and uh, enrich us with thy fulfillment. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Uh, life is a journey. We are traveling. Salvation is a journey. We have a one-way ticket to heaven, praise the Lord, uh, because of the finished work of Christ on Calvary. Uh, but it's an experience and it's a journey. We are going somewhere. We're just not existing. It's not static or sedentary. Uh, we're moving forward. 
and we're supposed to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So even though we live the same things uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, schedule these types of things, in many ways, as we gain experience, the Bible says experience worketh hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. I believe that's in Romans chapter 5. Uh, we gain more and more experience. As we gain more and more experience, we become more in uh, adept to doing what is set before us. We become more skilled because of these repeated experiences in life. But when we see this truth, even though it seems like monotonous, it could be redundant, it could become boring, every, every day there's something new. Every church service there's something new. Sometimes God will uh, let things happen to make it different. Saw that happen a few times uh, tonight already. So in serving God, we are like a pioneer or a trailblazer, if you will, uh, not knowing what is around the next turn, not really knowing what is over the next uh, peak of life, what is going to happen in the next valley of life. Though it seems the same, it's totally different to a wise person. And this is what life is. This is salvation, uh, the gift of God, moving into the promises of God, accepting our God-given uh, will, as we talked about this morning. So I want to look at this in, in a couple ways from a different aspects. First of all, our daily schedule. We're supposed to live by schedule. You ought to get up at the same time every day. I know that's hard to do. Set the alarm clock. You ought to do the same thing after you get up every day and live by schedule. It seems boring. It seems monotonous. Somebody says, why would I want to do that? Uh, that's mundane, vanilla. But the reality is, this is where the deep things come from. This is what gives life meaning, and this is what gives us stability, just like in the military. Uh, you have to live by duty. That's what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments for what? This is the whole duty of man. So we, we don't live by frivolity, being casual, uh, going w w whichever way the wind blows. We must have a stability to live by schedule in our day-to-day -day life. Personal hygiene, house cleaning, upkeep your property, all these types of things. You have to live by schedule. Secondly, in the spiritual experiences of life, every day it is the same, but yet it's totally different. If we are aware and if we have a high conscious level, every time you read the Bible, it ought to be different. And it really is. Now, if you settle in boring, same old black book, I'm going to do this because I have to, I'm going to read the Bible, 
um, you may miss out on what God wants to do for you that day and to reveal to you that day. But every time we read the Bible, it's totally different. Every time you pray, bow your head or get on your knees or lay uh, before God and uh, humble yourself, it ought to be the same, but totally different. The Bible says the ready scribe brings forth out of his treasures things new and old. So you have the old of the stability uh, that you've laid the foundation, but something new and fresh ought to happen daily and uh, regularly. Every time you eat a meal, it ought to be different. I'm not saying exciting. It could be exciting. But if you're uh, aware and observant, it's new and it's fresh. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. So in life, okay, I, I drove to church tonight just like you did. Same road, same vehicle, same potholes that I was trying to straddle that we need to get fixed. Uh, same drizzle lately, uh, dr gloom and kind of drab, overcast, uh, not sunny in the last, in, you know, the near past. Uh, if I looked around, it was totally different. It was the same, totally different. Uh, it's always different and new if we will look around. So Israel, they're at the place where they're going to enter into the promised land, the land of Canaan. They will receive their inheritance from the Lord. And they've never crossed the Jordan River before. They've never seen the Jordan River before, except for the, the 12 spies, and 10 of them brought back an evil report. Only Joshua and Caleb brought back a report of victory and uh, faith. But they'd never seen the land of Canaan. They had never seen the walled cities. They'd never seen the inhabitants of the land. And this was something new to them. And so they had to take precautions to do what God told them to do. There was a way to do it, and uh, the ark had to go forth first. They had to stay a certain distance from the ark, and they were told, sanctify yourselves. Why? Set yourself apart because you're going to see something and do something that you've never seen before or done before, and the presence of God, the holiness of God, demands it. You may go on a new vacation. You may go to a place you've never been before. You might stay in a hotel you've never stayed in before. You might um, take a trip and uh, just go on what they call a road trip and see the, the scenery and the great creation of God. Or you could go to the same place, like I like, I do, I'm boring, every year, and it's totally different. Uh, and, and a lot of people get caught up in the, well, what, this is the same old thing. No, it's not. If you open your eyes, it's not the same thing. You may eat the same meal. It's not really the same. Everything's different. The situation, your taste buds, the preparation of the food. A lot of time you may go to your favorite restaurant if you have one. Those are hard to find. And then you'll eat, and then the first thing you'll say is, huh, they've got a different cook tonight. 
something's not right in the preparation or the same in the ingredients or the way in the atmosphere, the, the ambiance, those types of things in the restaurant. And it's true in your home. You may eat the same food. It's not really the same. If you open your eyes, it's a new, fresh experience. And God made it that way, just like the Word of God is quick and sharp and two-edged. It's alive. And it's always different. And you, you learn new things. You see things that you've never seen before. So as we understand this, this perspective on life, everyday experiences can be new and fresh, uh, and spiritual experiences can be new and uh, fresh and exciting and uh, revealing. So if you go to work tomorrow, is it going to be boring, the same old humdrum? Or are you going to look around and see how something's different? As you get up in the morning, you go through your daily schedule. Are you going to see what is happening that is different and new because everything is new every morning? Or will you put on the spiritual blinders and see only this, the monotony, it's redundant, it's boring, I don't want to do this? Or will you open up to what God has for you and what God wants you to see and what He wants you to uh, experience? So think about tonight at church. Same old black book, same preacher, same boring preacher, same pew. You probably sit in the same pew. You know, I, I like to pick a play. Sit in the same general area until somebody takes it when you're not looking. Um, same hymn book, same song leader, same pianist making mistakes, same experience, but it's totally different. If you open your eyes, God wants to do something new. He wants to make life fresh and uh, interesting, if you will. So we have two choices. We can take it for granted, like most people do. You know, this is the same old thing. I want something different. I'm bored. This isn't fun. Uh, a lot of kids are that way. Um, and uh, Or, number two, you can be aware and observant of what's going on. Everything's different. It is. Whether you think it's not, it is if you will open your eyes. Ye have not passed this way before. When we were entering into this sermon, uh, some of you are hoping it's almost over. We haven't passed this way before. When you go home tonight, you haven't passed that way before. When you enter, when you prepare for the night, you haven't passed that way before. In the we don't know, you don't know what kind of things are going to happen in your soul in the sleep of the deep, dark night. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow when you get up and prepare to go to work and face the challenges of the new day. Ye have not passed this way heretofore. And when we think about it, you know, when I play the piano, and I'm, um, 
I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I'm just hoping to get through. And, and I'll play different verses different, and I don't even know what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And just like when I get up to preach, I don't know what I'm going to say. Most of the time, I try to have a plan um, and be studied and so forth and have an outline. I don't know how it's going to go. I yield to the Holy Spirit and let Him move, and I try to just yield to Him. But I remember when we used to sing, uh, It Is Well With My Soul. It was so great. I didn't know what was going to happen. Something was going to happen. And I always liked what was going to happen. And I tried to give my all to the, to the singing of the song. But every time we sung it, it was totally different. And that song had a lot of power, and it still does. But all songs are that way. If you sing it with your spirit and you give yourself to it, uh, it's going to be different. So, in following and serving the Lord, it is a fearful thing. Why is that? Because God is holy. Our God is a holy God. He is sinless. He cannot be tempted to sin. He cannot be in the presence of sin. He tempteth no man to sin. And ultimately, at the great white throne, He will cast all sin and sinners from him, locking up Satan in the bottomless pit, and uh, after the millennium uh, and the eternity begins, um, he is a holy God. So through the cleansing by the blood of Christ, we have forgiveness. We have justification. We talked about that some this morning. Just as if we've never sinned, past, present, future. All our sin is forgiven, and we have imputed righteousness through faith in Christ. But there's something we need to remember that's very, very fearful and very, very important. We must sanctify ourselves. Why? Ye have not passed this way before. So, the preparation of setting ourselves apart, our mind our heart, our spirit, our soul, our body, we must sanctify it because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if we're going to come in contact with the mighty move of God. We don't know what work God is going to do in our very close proximity, and it is a very awesome thing, a, a terrible thing, and it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. So, if we're going to be used of God, we have to be prepared. We have to be ready. We have to set ourselves apart, sanctify ourselves. And so, those who are used of God and are not harmed are aware and they're ready. They made proper preparation. They understood the, the severity, the urgency to sanctify themselves, to examine yourself, whether it be in the faith. Confess your sin, get it under the blood of Christ, and be forgiven so that you stand practically right with God, righteous, putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and having done all to stand against the evil day. But you understand that 
in the awesomeness of the new experience. We have not passed this way before. If you take God for granted, if you take life for granted, the people that you meet and your paths cross, the, all the different experiences of life, you will be unprepared. If this happens, you could be left to yourself. It is a high possibility that the Lord will not help you. He will not defend you. He will not provide for you. And you could be destroyed. We have not passed this way heretofore. Now, in my observation and experience in, in the ministry and since I've been saved, there is a very large percentage of the people who are negatively affected when God shows up. They, they don't get the blessings. They don't get the benefits. They don't get the power of God unleashed in their life. They don't get saved and born again and uh, increase and grow in knowledge and the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Most of them, have a, it has an adverse effect on them because they have not passed this way before. They took it for granted. They did not sanctify themselves. And when God showed up, it was not beneficiary. It, was, it had a negative impact on their life. Um, you know, in my office, I have the stack of visitors' cards. And, you know, and sometimes we go through, the, you know, it's about that, about that high. Where'd they all go? They were in the same place, read from the same Bibles, sang the same songs, visited the same house of God. What happened to them? They didn't sanctify themselves. And they didn't realize when you pass this way, you have not done it heretofore. What does God want to do in this new, fresh, interesting um, experience of life? So, most of us are uh, waiting on the Lord, and we spend too much time waiting. What the Bible tells us to do is get ready for God to show up. Sanctify yourself. Get prepared. Get right. Get cleansed. Repent of your sin. Get prayed up. Get read up. And offer yourself to be used of the Lord. And then watch and pray and expect God to do something. And when you pray, start watching. When is the answer going to come? And when is God going to show up? And I'm going to sanctify myself. I'm not going to be casual. I'm not going to take it for granted. I want God to do something. But when He shows up, He is a holy God. We must be prepared. This is what God told Israel to do. So this word sanctify, it means to be set apart with your intent, your will. Set yourself apart for God to use you. Separate from the world. Recognize uncleanness. Recognize worldliness. Recognize the lust of the flesh. Recognize those things in your life which are contrary to the Word and the will of God. And then repent of that, remove it, put it off, the Bible tells us. And then sanctify yourself, set yourself apart so 
God's going to use you. And when he shows up, something good will happen, not something bad. So this building, this is the house of God, is set apart for one thing. God's people to fellowship, the preaching of the word, the teaching of the word, the, the ministry as the gospel goes out. That's what this is set apart for. When, if somebody tries to use it for some other intent or reason, what's going to happen if God shows up? The pulpit is for one thing, the singing and the preaching and the teaching of uh, the eternal word of God, the King James Bible. All these things are before us. What is the purpose of God for my life? What is God's purpose for your life? Set yourself apart. Prepare. You have not passed this way heretofore. Now, why does God not move? Why, why sometimes are we just waiting? And we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait. Because we do not understand this principle, God is going to show up. But God is not going to do what He wants to do unless we sanctify ourselves first. A lot of people want God to show up, solve all their problems, meet all their needs. You know, a tingly feeling uh, floods their soul. And uh, then they're going to take action. And sometimes that happens. But most of the time, if when God shows up and you're not ready, we just don't know what's going to happen. It could go the wrong way. So the holiness of God is a fearful thing. In my experiences, and I could tell you a lot of stories, I've seen a lot of people go insane because they came to church. I've seen a lot of people lose their mind because they came to church. I've seen a lot of people get a hardened heart. Their heart wasn't as hard as it was before they came to church. I've seen a lot of people get a callous, seared conscience after they were in the presence of the house of God. Why does this happen? Because of neglect, of omission, of not sanctifying themselves, because they take it lightly and for granted, same old thing, same day, same place, same book, same song, same people, all these same schedule, regimen, and they don't see something different could happen this time. And it is different this time. Open your eyes. Have some spiritual discernment. So what, what's the example here in, in Joshua? They come in, they take Jericho. Amazing miracle takes place. They obey God, they walk around the city seven times, blow the trumpet seven times. The, all the men shout, like the Bible says, like some of you ought to try that. And the walls fall down like this, and the walls came a tumbling down. Did they tumble down or did they just sink? What, what was your conclusion? When you, when, uh, there's, there's thoughts about that. So, what happened next time? God shows up when they're going to take um, Ai and Achan gets killed. God kills Achan, his wife, his children, because 
He did not sanctify himself. He took it for granted. He took it lightly. Well, it happened at Jericho. I guess the same thing's going to happen. And the commandments were different for the, the attack of these cities for God to give the victory. We don't have time to go into all that. But one man died. His wife died. His children died when God showed up. Now, we see this many times in life and many places in, in uh, the Bible. God would not let Moses see his face, but he let him see his back. When he walked by, he hid him in the cleft of the rock or the hole of the rock, and he put his hand over it uh, when his face was seen so that Moses would not be killed. By what? The holiness of God. That's how um, awesome that he is. When Jesus showed up at Gadara, which was, by the way, on the um, eastern side of the Jordan River, and cast out the devils out of the maniac of Gadara. Here is a man possessed with a legion, 6,000 devils. He's cutting himself with stones. He's getting sharp rocks and doing bloodletting and uh, doing all these types of things. They bind him with chains, and he's so powerful, he's breaking them. He is stripped naked, uh, has no shame of his nakedness, and he's living in a graveyard. That's how terrible the situation is. Christ shows up, cast out the devil, the 6,000 devils. He is clothed, sitting at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. A total miracle. You know what happens to all the other people? Because they are swine, they love their pigs so much. They love that bacon so much. They ask Jesus, depart from our coast. We don't want you here. This right after he sent the, the, the uh, devils into the, the, the pigs. They run off a cliff into the sea. They drown. And so the majority of people, did it turn out good for them? No. They actually asked Christ to leave. They didn't want Christ. They didn't want the victory and, and the holiness of God. They wanted their, uh, their bacon, and th that's all they cared about. And so for the majority of the people, it didn't turn out good. One man, as far as we know, got the victory. And Jesus said, you go tell what I did for you. You go have a testimony. Tell people that of the work that God did in your life. How many people hear the truth? They didn't sanctify themselves. They said, well, I'll just try this out. I'll visit. I'll experiment. They had not passed this way heretofore. Same old humdrum rut of a church service did not sanctify themselves, prepare themselves, and what was the result? Where are they now? The used-to-be's and the has-been's who had the chance and the opportunity, and praise the Lord, God is a God of a second chance. He'll forgive them if they come back. But what happened? Why does it happen to the majority of the people? Why is it that it says that if they tasted the word and return, it's like a, a dog returning to his vomit or a sow returning to the, uh, the mire rolling 
in the mud. I have seen many people lose their mind. It's a fearful thing, lose their sanity. That, and this sounds strange, doesn't it? Uh, they're normal. They come to church. They leave not normal. Happens all the time uh, because it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Now, for us, you have not passed this way heretofore. Tomorrow is going to be a day where something great is happening will happen, and all we have to do is see the opportunity of a fresh start, a new day, and even though it seems the same, it's really not. The opportunity is there. It's totally different. You know, the Apostle Paul, he met many people who were not in their right mind, many people possessed by um, devils. And so, Will we see this? Will we understand? Will we sanctify ourselves? We need to be ready. This is what I'm saying tonight. God's going to show up. Are we ready? Now, you see this principle. There's a crown of rejoicing to them that love His appearing. There's a special reward for those who are right with God when He comes back, and they are well prepared. They're prayed up, read up, serving God. They're in the will of God. They understand worldliness, and they've repented of it and, and come out and separated. They love His appearing. And there's others who they know He's coming, but they're not going to be ready. They realize He's coming. But they procrastinated. They put it off. They were casual. How do we know? It could be tonight. Amen? Hopefully it is. It will be. Could be. Jesus is coming. This is not make-believe. This is Bible prophecy. Though the scorners have been railing on Him from the beginning of time, saying things continue as they were from the beginning, we know He's coming. We need to sanctify ourselves. We need to be ready. Now, I want you to look at uh, our text in uh, Joshua 3. So he tells them to um, verse 5, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Tomorrow. Now, those who did this saw the power of God. They saw the Jordan River parted. They went across on dry ground. They followed the Ark of the Covenant into the land of Canaan. They set up the pillars as a memorial for this great miracle that the Lord did on their behalf. And then they begin to take the city. So they take uh, Jericho. God miraculously delivers them. And then you, as they begin to take the promised land, I want you to look at uh, chapter 7 of Joshua, if you will. And just look at verse 13. Joshua 7, 13, it says, Up, sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel. Thou canst not stand before thine enemies, 
until you take away the accursed thing from among you. So we know what happened. Achan coveted. He stole some precious metals and raiments and things, hid it in his tent. His wife was privy to this. She knew about it, his family. And they were uh, eventually killed. But notice, he says, sanctify yourself against tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. It is kind of monotonous. You know, same, driving the same road to work. I don't know. You, you sleep in the same bed, live in the same house, eat at the same table, sit on the same couch or chair, uh, live with the same family. Seems a little boring. No, it's not, because <clears throat> God's going to show up. And if we believe this and accept it and realize it, we sanctify against tomorrow. And if we as the people of God would do this, we will be ready. You know, how many people are not ready? How many people said, I will believe someday. I will get saved at some point. I want to do God's will, but just not yet. How many people put it off? And then how many of God's people who are saved take it lightly? They just take God for granted they don't believe He's a holy God. They don't fear the Lord. And they do not believe that what's happening tomorrow. I've never passed this way before. You know, and all of us have experienced things uh, in the past, in uh, the near past. Some of us are going through some changes right now. And we haven't passed this way before. We don't know, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You, you don't know what's going to happen when you go to work. You don't know what's going to happen with the spirit of the workplace. And, and just the, the drive to work and, and uh, meditating and thinking, what will you think about? What will you listen to? What are you going to do in this new opportunity? So Jesus is either the Lamb of God or the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He came as the Lamb of God to lay down His life and shed His blood for the sin of the world as a propitiation to please the righteous demands of the Father uh, that the world through Him might be saved. And He is the propitiation for the sin of the world, especially those that believe. But why did He come? Because He's coming back on a white horse and He came really to save us from Himself. It's so amazing. He loves us that much. But who is He really? Even though He's called the Lamb of God uh, later on in the prophecies of the Bible, He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He will set up His kingdom on earth and put down and utterly destroy all of His enemies. What does the Bible tell us? Take heed to yourselves. You take heed to yourself. Consecrate yourself. Separate yourself. Keep yourself in the love of God. Quit ye like men, and that means act like a man. Stand up. Have some conviction. Lead your family. Act like a man. Serve God. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. 
Humble yourselves before God. Look to the Lamb of God and sanctify yourself, what? Against tomorrow. Why? God's going to do a great work. Amen. Now, if we, if we believe this, and we took precaution and made preparation, we'll be ready. We'll be ready. Now, what does that mean? Just take it with sobriety, be serious, and realize God is a holy God, and He saved you, and the Bible says you are bought with the price, the blood of Christ, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are His. Set yourself apart, just like this pulpit is set apart for the Word of God, the propagation of the gospel. Set your life apart for God. And how many people do not? How many people take it lightly and live a casual life? You know, how many people went to Bible college and it had a bad effect on them? I can tell you story after story after. They were better before they went. True stories. How many people went to a great church in the old days when the power of God and, I mean, this revival was breaking forth in the old-timey religion, and some of us are old enough to have seen it and you've heard the stories about it. How many people got their life changed in a great way by God, and then how many people went and the exact opposite happened to them and the reason is, you have not passed this way before. We've never lived Christmas 2022. I don't know. You might have. I haven't. We don't know what's going to happen this week. We, we don't know what's going to happen in the new year. We don't know all these things which some are predicting that are going to happen in the first quarter of 2023 if the Lord tarries. We don't know. We haven't passed this way before. We've never done it. But if we're prepared... And we sanctify ourselves, set ourselves apart. When God shows up, we're going to be ready. We, and this is what we need to do. We need to take it seriously now while there is time and prepare against tomorrow. And, you know, I, I feel sorry for all of us. You know, Blue Monday's coming. Got to go back to work. Same old rut of the week, everyday schedule. Let's see it as something new, an opportunity. Let's look for things that are different. Technically, it will be different. Look for people you can meet, you can influence, you can win to Christ. Look for things you can say to encourage people and uh, lift them up. But we as a church, uh, we need a mighty move of God. And, and a mighty move of God is uh, will happen if we prepare now, sanctify yourselves. You have not passed this way heretofore. Amen. So I don't know if you've eaten tonight. You might have already eaten. You may live by you don't live at, eat after six. Boy, that's hard to do. Uh, but uh, is, is it going to be an average meal? Are you going to really taste it? Is it going to be unique? Is it going to be something you, that you experience? Or is it just the same old thing over and over and over? It's not the same thing. It's totally different if you could see it. Amen. All right, let's pray. Let's bow our heads.